Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad it's Friday, and we're glad you're with us. We hope uh, you got a great weekend planned, and we appreciate you tuning in to finish up your Friday afternoon with the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, what a great weekend this would be to go enjoy some great Dickie's food with your family. They're open all weekend long. The dining room is wide open, including the free soft serve ice cream. You can uh, go through the drive through You can order it at home. And remember that Dickie's caters any event, whether large or small. So with football just around the corner, if you're planning a tailgate, Dickie's might be the perfect answer for you. And uh, we would encourage you to contact Dickie's. All right, our buddy Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald joining us on a Friday this week. And, uh, Patrick, glad to have you on the show. And, uh, of course, football camp opened today. So, so Patrick, if there were a single headline about Southern Miss uh, football other than the fact that, that camp opened today, what, in your mind, would that be? Uh, Trelo's biceps are huge. I mean, <laughs> that, that, dude, that dude has gotten so big. He's like at 235 now. At six two, he's probably going to be the biggest quarterback in the conference. Of course, there's twice man, I don't know about, but he's just really gotten bigger and stronger. There's really only so much you can kind of take away from a uh, a day of practice when they're not in pads. Uh, they worked a lot on kind of uh, short red zone stuff, I guess, from the ten yard line and and in. Uh, but in Will Hall was pretty pleased with that. But it was you know your typical first day of practice, the good and the bad. Uh, but, yeah, you could tell some guys have gotten uh, uh, bigger and stronger. Frank Gore has packed on eight or nine pounds, and he looks a little thicker, fills out his pads more. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those first days, and then Will Hall walked away pretty upbeat. Is this a physical-looking football team, Patrick? Uh, I guess, it's, you know, there's been a lot of pretty football teams that weren't all that physical. Right. You know, they might look good getting out the bus and they don't push anybody around. So right. I'm, I'll kind of reserve judgment on that, you know, uh, whenever they play South Alabama. Trey Lowe is a kid, and we've been talking to a lot of coaches over the last couple of weeks on the show, and without exception, they love this kid. He's already gotten his degree. He's apparently very smart. He's a real team leader. You say he has really bulked up, and we hear that he's really learned the offense. I think expectations of for, for this kid were, were greater than any of us could have anticipated. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an unusual deal. I don't think I've been around a quarterback who just, you know, he, for much of the last season, he kind of, you know, he was in a really difficult spot uh, being thrown in as the quarterback because because of injuries and COVID and, gosh, you know, everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> last season, it was a pretty impossible deal, and and you know, it, he was just trying to kind of swim upstream there for a few games. Then that last one against Florida Atlantic, he really, really played well. Uh, but just everything he's done through the spring and the summer, he's put on. Uh, extra muscle, you know, you don't want to get too big as a quarterback, but I think he's at a in a good spot where he's at right now, and and obviously he's done all the everything well. 
And to me, I, I think he's got a chance to be a, a good quarter, good starting quarterback for Southern Miss and, and maybe the type of player that they've kind of been looking for for a little bit as, as a solid passer plus the really good, strong runner. Uh, he's got a lot of potential as a quarterback. He's always had that potential. Uh, but in the past, you know, he was kind of splitting time between baseball and football. This is the first year where really all energy goes into football with one team. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, he's got a chance to be have, have a good season, uh, but it's all a matter of consistency in my mind. Uh, can you do it from week to week? And uh, that's, that's really the one thing that, that I want to see out of him through the course of the season. Luke, can he do it week to week? I think he can, and I think a lot of it is uh, it comes with the fact that the team – is going to give him some confidence. I think he'll be a guy that they'll believe in him when he when he steps in the huddle. And Patrick, I mean, his skill set is really pretty equipped very well for uh, this offense. And you got to think some of the bulk was because they're going to expect him to run the football this year. Yeah, and and if you see him out there with the other quarterbacks, he's the prettiest passer out there in terms of just the fluid motion and the look at the ball. And the ball is really quick out of his hand. Uh, he really has all the assets that you want, but. Yeah, he's going to run the ball. We saw him really run the ball well against FAU to close out the season. And uh, now that he's got a better understanding of the option and everything else to go into the offense, he'll be he'll have more opportunities to kind of pull down and take off when necessary. Instead of having to think too much, he can just make that quick decision to take off with the ball. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I know Will Hall's wanting him to, you know, he doesn't expect him to be a pure pocket passer, but, uh, I think he he knows in low he's got somebody that can that can produce in the passing game as well as run with the football. Not asking what he looked like, you know, throwing the football or whatever. But what does Ty Keys look like in pads now that he is on the collegiate level in high school? You know, obviously he was a a giant among uh, among smaller athletes. What does he look like? Does physically right now as a freshman? I mean, does does he look the part of a freshman out there physically, or do, or does he look uh, a little more mature than what a true freshman would look like? Yeah, I mean, he looks fine. I mean, he looked like the guy, the build that you would expect. I mean, he looked like you know a, a solid six foot one hundred six foot one one hundred ninety five pound guy. But he and Lowe standing next to each other, that looks like a before and after picture. Uh, it's, <laughs> that's just that's just where Lowe is right now. He just he's a Trey Lowe is a dude. And uh, it's, it's really different. Uh, you can really tell the difference between those two guys standing side by side. But, look, you know, uh, Keys is only going to, you know, get physically more stronger. And I'm sure they want to be able to give him that opportunity to kind of develop both physically and, and understand the offense. And, and there's some things they do in the offense that he really didn't do at the high school level. So he's got some learning to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, he, he's about what you would expect. I mean, he doesn't stand out out there physically, but he'll have that opportunity to kind of, uh, get on the right diet and, and put in more time in the weight room. Keys is the before picture, just to clarify. Is that right, Patrick? That that would be that would be correct. <laughs> Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> what was the uh, the the energy like, uh, Patrick? We we know Coach Hall and, and that staff is going to you know bring a uh, bring energy, but players pretty energized today. Yeah, I think so. You know, I've been around a lot of uh, different staffs at Southern Miss. Uh, and you kind of see that first day, and is it manufactured energy? Is it is it somebody out there just screaming at the top of their lungs to try to wake these guys up, or are they out there? Is it kind of a natural energy? I would say it's kind of a more of a natural energy uh, with this staff and this team, uh, the way they went about things. Uh, they, it didn't feel like a 
a rookie staff or a, a young team. It just felt like uh, things kind of spilled over from the spring in terms of uh, uh, momentum and just a pace to everything. So I think everything went pretty – just watching the way everything went, everything went pretty smooth. Patrick, the practices are far more open to the media now, aren't they? Yeah, and, and that's good. Will Hall's a, a media-friendly coach, uh, much like his father. I, I think he and his father are the same. They understand that, that exposure for their players and exposure for their team and for their coaches is a good thing. Uh, and, I, and, and everybody on the media side appreciates that, that Will Hall uh, understands that, and he wants to speak to the media. Uh, he was excited to see a good-sized contingent there after practice to talk to him, and and uh, I, I, you know, it's it's a different attitude uh, regarding the the media. Uh, Jay Hobson's staff it, uh, over time became a little bit more uh, closed in terms of uh, access and stuff like that. So it's definitely a, a welcome change. Uh, you talked about the the physical appearance of the quarterbacks. Uh, what about the defensive kids, particularly on the defensive line, where? It seems like uh, last year and the year before, the team was very much vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really come and say, oh, those guys are huge. Uh, that that wasn't, you know, what I saw. I remember seeing TQ Newsom, uh, the linebacker, uh, who, who was probably pay- playing around 218 or 220. He looks like he's in, uh, into the 230s now, and uh, they're probably going to need him to play this year because Rakeem Booth's uh, career is over. He sh- suffered another knee injury. Uh, and and he's going to basically serve as a student coach. So uh, they're going to have to have you know they the coaching staff really talked up linebackers uh, over the the spring and into the summer. But it, that I'm a touch concerned just of overall depth there. I think there's maybe a chance at some point this fall you know, in practice leading up to fall they might have to move a, a defensive end or something like that to linebacker. I didn't hear them say anything like that, but just. Uh, in terms of overall depth and the health of the situation, I think Swayze Bozeman might have been banged up today. Of course, Maples is trying to come back from an in- injury. Uh, so it's uh, you got Santrell Latham and uh, you know and, and Newsom and some other guys that have shown they can play there. But overall depth wise, it's it's not the linebacker core. I would say right now it probably might need a little help here in a few weeks. All right, reports from uh, the first day of uh, football practice. The NFL started last night. We've got the Professor Patrick McGee on the Eagle Hour with us. We're going to hold him over through the break. And uh, I want to talk to you, Patrick, about the New Orleans Saints on the other side of the break. You good with that? Yeah, sure. Patrick McGee, everybody, don't go anywhere. The Eagle Hour will be right back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Glad to have him with us on a Friday afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Kathleen, who manages uh, Campus Bookmark, going to be making an appearance on the Eagle Hour next week. We're looking forward to that. 
And uh, we hope that you'll buy all of your Southern Miss apparel from Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald uh, still on the show with us. Patrick, uh, the NFL kicked off last night. It was a predictably very boring football game. I just couldn't find myself interested enough to stick with it very long. Uh, it, to be expected, uh, obviously, the first preseason game of the year. But, you know, I'm really curious about this team that you and Luke follow so closely, the Saints, in, in, in two respects. And I wanted to get your input, your thoughts today. A, you're replacing a Hall of Fame quarterback, and uh, that obviously uh, will, will – he was the face of the franchise, not just the quarterback. Uh, that obviously is there, – there's no bigger position on the, on the field that the Saints have to replace. And then at the same time, they find themselves in a division with Tom Brady and the defending world champions. So what, first of all, do the Saints do at quarterback, and how will the change affect what we're used to seeing out of New Orleans? Well, I mean, obviously you've got two quarterbacks supposedly in, in, the, in the battle, and I don't think anybody, you know, Winston, Jameis Winston is going to have the edge, and he's had the edge kind of starting fall camp to start with first team whenever they start practice. Uh, but Taysom Hill also. So it really depends on who is the quarterback. Um, and I'm a believer that this team may be best built to, to run the football with the running backs they've got and the offensive line they've built. You know, they could easily say, well, yeah, Winston, yeah, he's got a good shot, but he sure does throw a light interception. And if they think, and if they can figure out that, that Taysom's not going to fumble anymore uh, or as much, that, you know, they could, they could easily go one or two different ways at quarterback. And have pretty productive offenses. If they go with uh, Jameis, uh, you know they're going to be able to throw the ball well downfield, more so than they did with Breeze. Uh, but the intermediate and short stuff is going to be less consistent because nobody was more consistent than Drew Breeze. Uh, but with Taysom Hill, who I like some of the things he did last year as a passer, but obviously he's, his strength is as a runner. So you know, it, uh, just stating all the obvious here, I'm not somebody that. Totally convinced that Jameis Winston is going to be the quarterback, but obviously he has that edge uh, here early, uh, getting ready for the season. The Saints, uh, as much or more than any team I've seen in the NFL, uh, they never really missed a beat last year when Drew Brees got injured. So if you're a Saints fan and you look back on how well they played while Brees was out, you have to be pretty optimistic that you're not taking a big step backwards. Yeah, well, I think more so if you look back to whenever Bridgewater was in there uh, a couple of years ago. and they, I mean, they went undefeated. Uh, with Hill in there, they had some hiccups with the Eagles, and, and that game against the Broncos was pretty ugly. Um, so I, I wouldn't say they missed a beat, but there were times where you're like, dang, this team could, with Taysom at quarterback, they could, I mean, they destroyed the Falcons twice mm-hmm. with Taysom Hill at quarterback, and the Falcons weren't very good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think there is that potential to where Taysom in there uh, they can be a playoff team. Uh, I mean, I, it's, I maybe I'm just dim or not smart, but I just think there's a better chance of being a playoff team uh, if only a wild card with Taysom Hill as your quarterback. Because if you go in there and run that system, chance, you know you're going to win football games. Mm-hmm. If you run the football the way they they're capable of, and Taysom Hill improves a little bit as a passer and holds on to the ball, I, I think the Saints could be a very good offense. I, I agree, Luke. They have a very proven coach. They have a proven system. Uh, it, it could be uh, another one of those situations where you plug the quarterback into your system and just keep rolling. I, I'm kind of in the minority, Patrick. I, I want to see what Jameis Winston can do as far as getting a second chance. It seems like he's 
possibly a little more mature. Uh, I, you know, with with the offense they've run, there's been a high efficiency pass game. Now, Winston's arm is going to be stronger than Breeze was, obviously, the last three years. But, you know, it's not a system built around just to take all these shots. It's more of a momentum going yeah. down the field. And, and I think a name that, that people are going to see, you know, midway through the season is going to be Adam uh, Troutman from, from last year, the tight end. They let Cook mm-hmm. go, and I think he's going to be a big part of the offense, too. Yeah, and I, I think the problem right now for the Saints is just dealing with the uncertainty that's coming there with Michael Thomas with the, uh, the surgery, Deontay Harris facing a potential suspension to start the season. So you're not going to have your full receiving core uh, out there to start the year. Does that uh, you know tweak with your thinking a little? Does that change what you're thinking a little bit? Uh, you know, going into the early stage of the season, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm in agreement that, it, that Jameis does deserve a shot to go out there and show. I mean, there's the chance to push the ball well downfield more than they did in the past. Uh, but, you know, whether that delivers more wins remains to be seen. So it, I, the, the pieces around Jameis in the passing game, are they enough there to really put him in a position to succeed? Another place to look at is uh, a guy that's really come – come. Uh, he's starting now, according to the depth chart, Pete Warner on – uh, the defensive side at linebacker, the rookie out of Ohio State, and you know they they got to play good up front. They got to get pressure because uh, they didn't really address it too much in the draft. But the secondary's kind of been questionable, and I think Warner's one of those guys that can uh, really shore things up uh, next to Demario Davis. And you know you still got Davenport and Jordan and the and the uh, the rookie Turner up front. Yeah, I like the, them going back and adding Quan uh, Alexander again. At linebacker, that really kind of bolsters that linebacking core. But you're right. You're right about the secondary. There's no guarantees that things are going to shake out there. You just have to be, uh, you know, as a staff, as a team, you have to be optimistic that those guys step up and do good, do good on the corners. Uh, so that's one thing that just will have to shake out throughout the season. You always, I was always hoping they would add one more corner, one more proven guy there, and you just haven't seen it. Maybe some moves or a potential down the road. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, defensively they'll be fine. I think the, for the most part the pieces are in place, but at cornerback we'll just have to see what happens. Undoubtedly a two-team race for their division championship with Tampa in the uh, in the division, Patrick? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would think it, it, the Falcons are always dangerous. You never quite know what they're going to do. and uh, Carolina really wasn't that far off from being a pretty decent football team last year, so uh, it, it, you know, the NFC South has been as com- competitive as any division, uh, really across the NFL from year to year. There's always been two teams that seem to be really in the mix in the NFC each year. So I would expect Tampa to be there, and you know, we'll see if the Saints are there. There's there's, there's no guarantees whenever you uh, uh, a Hall of Fame uh, passer moves on. Well, but the Saints played very well against Tampa last year. It was just that yeah, you know yeah. they didn't they didn't play that well against some other teams. No, it, well, it, you know they got into the playoffs against Tampa, and Drew just wasn't himself at that point. It was just kind of obvious it was the end of the road for him. He just had too many injuries. Yeah, didn't quite have it. Uh, you know, so I, you know, yeah, they beat Tampa, and they're perfectly capable of going back and beat Tampa. But, uh, just just a lot of factors that have got to go the Saints' way for them to be back in that kind of 11 to 12 to 12 win territory. Look, I'm going to ask you this. Will Patrick jump in? I watched a few minutes of that Cowboy Steeler game last night. I had been reading earlier this week where Dak Prescott, who had a gruesome injury, of course, last year, 
has had some more problems in camp, uh, injured shoulder, not 100% sure how that ankle is, and I'm beginning to kind of wonder about the future of him physically. I mean, Dak's always been one of those tough dudes. He's always he, he played with a shoulder problem in, in college, and the Cowboys just have to protect him, especially when you're paying somebody that much. But he's always he's, he's never been a diva. He's always been a warrior, and that's the way he's always played. And you know, he's a football player, and, and that's uh, that's always been his approach. And and even you know, being from Mississippi State, it, it, I have applauded his success. And before he broke his uh, his leg last year, I mean, he was on to, to MVP caliber season. So. Yeah, I mean it's just kind of par for the course with with how he's uh, how he's been, but um, I think he he responds in the right way, and he's always worked hard to get back. Yeah, Patrick, uh, you think Dak Prescott still got a future in the league? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just gave him a, a big beefy contract. He's going to get right, even though if he maybe isn't completely sharp to start the season, he'll he'll get healthy. Uh, you know, I. I yeah, I mean, he's always been a really durable athlete. That was a terrible injury last year, but I expect him to be fine. And, Patrick, does Nick Mullen have a chance of uh, of winning the job in Philadelphia? I wouldn't think so. Uh, just I've heard little bits and pieces out of camp that he's done really well. I, I think him coming off that surgery, uh, they want to be patient with him and let him kind of sit back. But, I don't, you know, I don't doubt that he's got a really good shot of being on that roster. I don't expect him to be the starting quarterback. I assume they're going to go with with Jalen Hurts, but uh, I haven't been following the Eagles that closely, so All I would right. I would expect Hurts to be the guy. When do the Saints play, guys? When do they When do they kick off the preseason? Anybody know? Uh, don't know. They, they like to play those Saturday games. I've seen. I haven't. I haven't. It's been a while since I've looked at the preseason schedule. They play a week from tomorrow at Baltimore. Remember, only three preseason games this year: right. October or August fourteenth. Uh, Monday the twenty third, uh, Jacksonville comes uh, to the su- to the Superdome. It's Logan Cook from uh, from Columbia. He'll be playing in that game, and then uh, August twenty eighth, uh, home against the the Cardinals. Week one, September twelfth, against the Packers. There we go. Aaron Rodgers may play in that one. We'll see. We'll see. Patrick, always a pleasure, buddy. We look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. We'll be back. Appreciate Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun Herald joining us as he does every week on the Eagle Hour. Last day of the work week, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and a torn up downtown Laurel. They are fixing the streets again. They got the roundabout uh, almost in place, but uh, you see these uh, tourists, lots of tourists today. Saw a Colorado tag. 
uh, down here in downtown Laurel today, Bob. Pretty pretty wild where, where all they come from. But anyway, it's Friday, and it was the famous Catfish Plate Friday. Lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill. The Olympics are on. Major League Baseball on. Uh, even possibly a little football might be on. Some TVs. 4th Street Bar and Grill, the place to go. Eat it all and see it all. We appreciate their sponsorship of the show. Kelly Sander joins us, and I will, I will, Kelly, uh, tell Bob that yesterday on air, Neville Barr did uh, did mm. affirm the mm. fact that he thought that that the Iowa State Cyclones would play Alabama uh, for the national championship. And that's something, Kelly, that you had told us that we really didn't believe that Coach Barr would say something like that. But he did. But, but Bob, just for context's sake, <laughs> Coach Barr followed that up with uh, thanking Kelly for, for everything that he does in the community and, and for who he is. So at that moment, I knew that Kelly probably gave him a $10 bill right. to say that about Iowa State, but Kelly probably you know PayPal'd him 100 bucks to say that about him on air mm-hmm. about Kelly, Kelly himself. What that interview cost you, Kelly? Gentlemen, let me just say this about that. There is room on the Iowa State bandwagon if you guys want to get a, get a, get on board. <laughs> Can we really please? Can <laughs> <Yeah>. we please? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of money, things are going well at the uh, USM Athletic Department as far as their new fundraising effort pledge per win. Speaking with the people in the office this morning, they said that the program is particularly popular among Golden Eagle fans across the country who may not be able to immediately reap the benefits of a of a um, of a Eagle Club membership, but fans more across the country are getting on board with the pledges per win. Uh, they're very pleased with the with the results so far, and of course that kind of goes hand in hand with the increased number of first time second season ticket holders that um, have gotten on board for this year. So they're finding different ways to raise revenue, and so far the fan base uh, is responding. And of course, today was the first day of full practice for the squad. This morning at 8.30, I got to talk to T.J. Harvey, one of the standout players from Southern Miss. From uh, He's from Columbus, Georgia, and he was just saying that uh, how the enthusiasm was over the top this morning and that, that it's more than usual. Um, so even the players uh, seem to be as excited, and, and he got the sense, too, that the community is really on board. Uh, he said that he's been to different places, and, and people who have found out that he's a football player have gone out of their way to make comments about, look, we're really behind you guys, and whole new way of thinking, and let's get this done, and, and we're behind you. So at least, you know, P.J. Harvey is very excited about uh, the way the team looked this morning, just getting out there more than usual, and uh, appreciative of the support that, is coming forth from the community so far, guys. So everybody's optimistic. You, we'll see how it turns out. But you know why T.J. Harvey is uh, respected so much, don't you? Across the country, he, he's a he's a specialist, guys. He's a long snapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's plays the most important part of the football team there on special teams. So, All right, now how much did uh, he snaps Harvey... to a position called a punter? So that's why he's uh, he's famous. So just want to right, so how much did there. he how much did he Google pay you to say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you guys he are, didn't. I'm taking up for specialists. That's what I'm doing. Ah, yeah. You guys are thick today, boy. I'm telling you, thick today. But but it's a, but is it is a new day, you guys for sure. So, well, Kelly uh, Center, let me share something with you. I saw a post on social media a few nights ago about the Pride of Mississippi, the band getting ready. It was posted by the Southern Miss Alumni Association, right? Right. So I messaged the Alumni Association uh, with my name and asked them. If they could tell me if the Dixie Darlings would be back this year. And, of course, we all know what that story was all about. 
And I will say that they replied to me and said, yes, the Dixie Darlings will be back supporting the Pride, and we hope you'll be there too. So I don't know for sure if that means that the the, the silly controversy about their name has has gone to the wayside. I, but take it for what it's worth. The message I had from the Alumni Association is that Dixie Darlings will be back. And guys, I really hope that's true. Well, I, well, I, why would they say? Why would they tell you? You know, if it wasn't. And, right. and for me, for me, that's especially good news because wearing my bulletproof vest got a little bit warm. I'm sure it uh, did. Yeah. And you get your white boots back out now, Kelly. I've seen you in those before. It's uh, well, it's yeah, yeah. I have to redo the soles because when I drag my toes across the the, the grass when they first mm-hmm. come on, you know, when mm-hmm. we first come onto the field, that mm-hmm. uh, it kind of wore out those toes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah for, for listeners that maybe aren't sure what we're talking about, there was a. You know, some some talk that the that the name the name Dixie associated with Darlings had offended a great number of people, and that there was a push forward to get rid of that name, or or perhaps you know I'm not sure of the group as a whole, but just the name certainly. And um, and we've kind of talked about on the air that in all the people that we talked to associated with Southern Miss fan bases, you know, and when we talked in social media, email, etc. Not one person did we hear from that said that, that they had any particular issue at all with the Dixie no. Darling name. So I'm hoping that that has been put to rest and that one of the finest institutions at the university, is particularly associated with the band and the football program, will be here to stay and we won't ever have to talk about that again. I agree. And uh, look, open invitation to anybody from the Alumni Association or whoever is in charge of the Dixie Darling organization. You are more than welcome. Uh, to come on the Eagle Hour and uh, talk to us about that if you choose to do so. But now, uh, my, one other, yeah, another n- note, Bob. You know, now, now the high school football, more high school football teams across the state now have announced that they're that they're going virtual, and this is going to cause this is going to cause a scheduling problem. Uh, the later they decide to go virtual, because it has to be a two week period and then a two week accl- reacclimation period after that, and that's getting into the first couple of weeks of the high school football season. So right now, uh, tenuous at best for some of these schools that have games scheduled for late August. Yeah. Because after the two-week uh, virtual period and then the two-week acclimation period, you're getting into early September. So I hope it doesn't happen, but it looks like we, we might see another uh, awkward start to the high school uh, football season. No word yet from the MACCC, the Mississippi Association of Community Colleges Conference, as to what other plans they have, if any. Right now, it's business as usual. But the high schools are the first ones being affected. I did hear on the Mississippi News Network uh, this morning a report that uh, that this virus is really hitting young people hard and that uh, there, are, there are kids as young as 14 in intensive care units around Mississippi with, uh, with this new uh, version of the coronavirus. The CDC did report this morning that uh, now half, according to their tabulations half of all american adults are fully vaccinated and that's a number that they want to see you know continue to go upward of course, but yes. yeah it's it's really weird that this delta variant does seem to be hitting uh, younger people a lot worse than older people was... but not not necessarily that the virus is any worse it's just that older people were generally the first ones to be fully vaccinated that's and, it yeah. and and it's not hitting them as hard I think that's it. It's more it's more contagious, and I actually I dealt with uh, you know the 
first signs of this Delta stuff. When my guys in India, you know, that we help, um, they India dealt with this before it got here, and. Uh, did we lose Luke the other day? I'm sorry, Luke. We lost you there. Can for you hear me? Yeah, we're you're back now. Anyway, in in India, uh, they had this thing was so contagious. This Delta variant was, and so the way that it's explained, I may have said this on air the other day, but normal COVID, you would spread it to two and a half people. The Delta variant, you spread it to eight people. And so that's why a lot of these school districts are starting the year with mask mandates, just because that's one of the quickest ways to spread it everywhere. Because you got thirty people from thirty different houses in one room together, so I, I get it. But I mean, how it's affecting in, in South Mississippi, for instance, like McGee High School right now, they're they're virtual for two weeks. Well, because of that, that's to Kelly's point. Next week was going to be the, the our two weeks from today was going to be scrimmage week. That so we were going to do jamborees actually. Two weeks from today would be like the first week for private academy, for, for private schools. Well, what's happened now is Jamboree Week is canceled. The 27th now, which is supposed to be week one, is going to be a lot of Jamborees. And so you may not be, you know, till Labor Day or the second week in September getting to, uh, to week one games. And again, we look up and we're going to be, you know, 2020 football season all over again. Hopefully it's not like that. And the CDC has also noted this morning that they have now detected two more variants besides delta that they expect to be um becoming more prevalent and more widespread <sighs> so fasten your seatbelt, kids well tough to take it day by day get your shot that's right use some that's common right. sense uh you know if you're going to be in a, in a building full of strangers i my, my suggestion would be to wear a mask just to be safe not that big a deal, but the big, the biggest thing is if everybody would just get vaccinated. I believe that uh, at least what doctors tell me, uh, things would be a lot better. All right, we're going to wrap up another week of the Eagle Hour. I'm sure Kelly has some something interesting, and uh, Luke's always full of information. So stay with us. One more segment this week. We'll be right back. To the top. Final segment of the week brought to you by DBAT in Hattiesburg. DBAT D1, located on Hardy Street in the old Gaddytown building. Next to Best Buy, DBAT on the left, D1 on the right. They carry uh, not only the best uh, equipment and the best batting cages in the Pine Belt, they also have all the equipment you need, gloves, bats, all of that. Open 12 to 9 Monday through Friday, 10 to 6 on Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sunday, 601-438-3228. The website, dbathattiesburg.com. DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. 
A little over 27 hours until the official athletic season of 2021-2022 kicks off. Lady Eagle soccer team takes the field tomorrow in an exhibition against William Carey at home at 5 p.m. So Coach Moe and the Lady Eagles getting back after it after they made it to the conference uh, USA championship game earlier this spring. And it'll be interesting to see how the, the ladies respond after uh, you know playing really two seasons within a few months of each other. But they get after it tomorrow at 5 p.m. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander continues with on the uh, the phone with us. Uh, Kelly hadn't rained in a couple days. So just don't know what to make of it. Uh, the, the sun has not been this visible in quite some time this, this uh, summer. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the volleyball team never minds because uh, the beach volleyball team does, but the indoor volleyball team, and that'll be the next sport, I'm guess, guessing, on the, on the sports calendar. The volleyball should be cranking up again here pretty, quick, uh, pretty quickly, too. Usually, volleyball and soccer are the two sports that actually start before the first day of classes. Um, so we'll be hearing more, I'm sure, from, from the volleyball team as, as time goes on. But we talked about in the last, before the last commercial break, that more and more high school is going virtual. Now Forest County AHS in the uh, south of Hattiesburg, about uh, 15 miles or so, Forest County AHS has announced now they are going virtual for the next two weeks because of an outbreak uh, on their campus in Brooklyn. So um, we hope that there are fewer schools uh, than more. But, again, uh, the MHSAA has been kind of guarded, but we mentioned on this program before that they will be making an announcement probably uh, next week if their current timetable holds true. As to how the season is going to develop, we'll just um, we'll keep you posted here. It's a Southern Miss show, but a lot of these athletes are guys that Southern Miss is looking at. So uh, we'll try to keep you posted as best we can on on all of that. This is a pretty interesting story, front page of ESPN. And, and Kelly, you might could actually be an Olympic champion. Um, they're talking about actually adding cornhole to uh, the Olympic Games. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, you can carry the torch. I mean, as, as much as you tailgate, you got to pr- be pretty good, and, you know, you could bring old bronze or silver back for the, for the USA. I am I am highly skilled in cornhole, and I was defeated by Natsuma Takahashi from Japan a couple of years ago up at Indianapolis uh, when we had kind of a big tournament going on up there. I'm holding out for bass fishing, though, Luke. I'm waiting for that to become a... You know, for that to become an Olympic sport. And whether you win gold, bronze, or silver, the great thing about bass fishing is, ah, you don't really care. <laughs> right, as long as you have a cold beer and sit out on the lake for a couple hours. It doesn't really matter if you catch anything or not. That yeah. Was... Oh, I, I didn't win a medal? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> better luck Better luck next time. That's exactly and, and, right. You know, Dickies, Dickies is a proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, and there's talk out of the Queen City of Cincinnati that one of the corporate sponsors for Cincinnati may be Dickies, and I was kind of laughing, saying, wouldn't that be appropriate? Uh, Dickies, which specializes in smoked meats, would, <laughs> would sponsor an NFL team that every week gets smoked. Yeah. Uh, your, your optimism has not increased at all about the Bengals, has it, Kelly? Bob, I'm telling you, for the first three weeks, I'm on board, and then the fourth week, it's wait till next year. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, what are you going to do? I think you you're know? probably right. I wonder, is there is there preseason football this weekend, or do they skip a week after the Hall of Fame game? Yeah, the 14th will be the first uh, first weekend. Uh, of course, the Steelers beat the Cowboys uh, last night. Dak Prescott, a lot of the big starters, of course, aren't going to play a lot of these exhibition games, worrying about people on the on the injured reserve. But to put it in perspective, how, how tough a 
game is in the NFL already. After one week of practice, the Chicago Bears have nine players out because of injuries. <laughs> nine. They must have the Redskins' old uh, strength coach uh, that was there with John Can't Gruden. say that. Can't say that on air. Can't can't say that. We're going to get hit with fines. Can't say what? That a certain mascot team, the, 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 the former mascot, now that they've disallowed any type of dress whatsoever that remotely resembles the former mascot name for the Washington mm. football team, Bob, you're treading on uh, ground. Isn't hey, actually, terrible? Washington will play in the first preseason game next week. They'll take on the Patriots on Thursday at 6.30 from Foxborough. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, as, as bad as, as they had uh, a season last year, Belichick might just run it up on the, the Washington football team in preseason. You see, well, the Bengals, the, the Bengals are going to run it up in game one, I'll tell you that. Who are they playing, Kelly? Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, they'll run it up all right. <laughs> what if they sure took Brady out? <laughs> just hit yeah. Brady so hard in the one snap that he's in. He probably won't even play in that game. Well, why, why would he need to? Why would he need to play in that game? Yes. Just wait till the regular season starts where they can win the Super Bowl again. I got, that would probably be their philosophy. Would be Brady's uh, son. Brady's son could win that game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Hope everybody has a happy, safe weekend. Uh, avoid strangers. Uh, go get your COVID vaccine. Let's get this thing behind us. We'll be back Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.